Watch us on YouTube and Facebook. Listen to our podcast and support us on Patreon. Thanks for stopping by. We know that a lot of what we refer to as science can give all credit to not only Israel, but to Lebanon too. Created there at the almost precise same time as the rise of the Roman Empire, the two fit together like a hand and glove. The secret of glassmaking quickly made its way to the Roman Empire, and the future for discovery began. Many people today are under the impression that Rome fell because it was sacked. That can be the farthest assumption from the truth, because not only was it sacked, it was also abandoned by its emperor hundreds of years before. Constantine had a grand vision for a new Rome, with a capital more beauty and grandeur than Rome itself. He and his followers moved the capital to his self-named city, Constantinople, and split the empire in half. Taking with him the secret of glass, the creation of the Byzantine Empire came to pass. Byzantine craftsmen worked on the perfection of this art well into the Crusades. Glassblowing eventually began to spread from Rome, Israel, and Lebanon, to Egypt, Greece, France, Belgium, Spain, Croatia, and Samara. Small bottles for perfumes, glass fragments, blowpipes, and vessels with faucets have been found dating back to the first century. Optics were developed as far back as ancient Egypt and Mesopotamia. The oldest lenses to be made were made out of polished quartz crystals, dated back to the 7th century before Christ, and developed by the Assyrians. Romans, Greeks, and Indians would fill glass spheres with water then use them as lenses. Later philosophers of the Gregory-Roman world would use these findings to form theories about light, geometrical optics, and vision. Greek philosophers such as Aristotle, Democritus, and Epicurus, depended on the reflection of outside sources while working with the intromission approach to optics and the eyes. Referred to as idola, these outside sources cast copies of themselves, then the copies are finally captured by the eye. For a while in the history, most philosophers believed in Plato's theory of emissions. Ibn Sal and Al-Kindi revived optics once more in the Islamic world during the Middle Ages, adopting Aristotle's theories of intromission. Ibn Sal correctly defined the laws of refraction, in his treatise, Burning Mirrors and Lenses. With this law, he was able to compute optimum shapes for lenses and curved mirrors. Through observation and experiment, Alhazen rejected the emission theory entirely. Exploring reflection and refraction, he proposed a new system entirely for explaining light and vision. Proposing that light reflects in all directions, in straight lines, and from all points from the object viewed. Though he understood this much, Alhazen could not explain the method of how the eye captured the ray when the object is viewed. His theory was widely ignored though, all throughout the Middle East. Finally, in the 12th century, Alhazen's theory was published in Latin anonymously, and expanded on by Witello. Witello was a Polish monk, and because he did this, Alhazen's theory became the standard text for optics in Europe for the next 400 years. Due mostly to craftsmen fleeing the Byzantine Empire during attacks on Constantinople, Venetian glass was born. Fearing that glass production would burn down the mostly wooden city of Venus, 
the state moved glassblowing production to Murano. Outlawing production of glass within the city limits, and allowing it on the outskirts of the city. Venetian glassmakers were eventually able to develop Cristallo, during the Renaissance age. Polishing and grinding lenses were developed by Venus and Florence in the 13th century, by Salvino di Armate. In that same century, Robert Grosters discussed light from four different perspectives. The perspectives were classified as epistemology of light, metaphysics, cosmogony, of light, etiology, physics, of light, and a theology of light. Information has recently been found, showing that Roger Bacon recited works in philosophy and optics in the 13th century. Using glass spheres as magnifying glasses, he was able to show that light reflects from objects rather than being released from them. The Netherlands and Germany developed corrective lenses, allowing the advancement of correcting vision. These events directly resulted in the invention of the compound optical microscope during the 16th century, then later the invention of the refracting microscope in the 17th century. Astronomy, the oldest science in history, with prehistoric evidence found in Egypt, Nubia, Babylonia, Greece, China, India, Iran, and America was determined not to be modern science until it evolved with the invention of the telescope. This shows just how important optics and glass are today, even though astronomy produced navigation and the calendar. Galileo Galilei with his telescope, finally, figured out that the Milky Way was a huge cluster of stars. Some Greek astronomers believed that the Milky Way was a bundle of stars. Astronomers like Aristotle though, believed that the Milky Way was nothing more than the ignition of fiery exhalation, located within the event horizon of the Earth's atmosphere. This was debated for centuries until Galileo Galilei looked into the sky with his telescope. Criticisms explained that if the Milky Way was sublunar it would appear different at different times and places. It would also have parallax, which it didn't have. In the 10th century, the Milky Way was thought to be fragments of natural nebulous stars. In the 12th century, it was thought to star consisting of continuous images, due to refraction of the Earth's atmosphere. In the 14th century, the Milky Way was thought to be a myriad of smaller stars, packed together in a sphere of fixed stars. These stars were believed to be small, but larger than planets. Galilee was able to determine that the Milky Way was actually a huge cluster of faint stars. Later it was correctly expanded on, explaining that the huge clusters of faint stars were held together by gravitational force. Then solar systems at a greater scale, and other nebulae visible in the sky being separate galaxies were explained. These nebulae in the skies were referred to as island universes up, until the early 20th century. Just as man had also placed the Earth in the center of the universe, then our solar system, our solar system was also the center of the galaxy. This was believed to be fact until the beginning of the 20th century. Early diagrams were drawn of the galaxy, placing our solar system in the center. In the 70s, Heber Curtis finally established the Doppler effect. This recognized our galaxy consisting of 100 to 400 billion stars. A barred spiral galaxy, 
spanning from 100 to 120 light-years across space. Our solar system is also measured at about 27,000 light-years from the galactic center. The galactic center is also believed to be a giant black hole that sucks in all energy and matter trapped within its gravity. Plato first came up with the emissions theory, believing that rays were emitted from the eyes and causing visual perception. Evidence from our history shows though that perception can be wrong. Hundreds of years later Euclid created optic geometry and described perception with mathematical rules. Linking it to Plato's emission theory, he described the effects of refraction. After Euclid, Ptolemy also had a theory of extramission and intromission. He believed the rays, flux, of the eyes, created a cone, the vertex, within the base and eyes, defining the visual field. These rays were sensitive and conveyed information back to the observer's intellect, concerning the distance and orientation of surfaces. Ptolemy basically summarized Euclid's theory as well as his measuring of the angle of refraction. He failed to see the empirical relations of the angle of refraction and the angle of the incident though. The glass lens telescope was invented in the Netherlands in the 17th century, and the use of mirrors was added later. Besides optic telescopes there are also some that detect radio waves, particle and gamma rays. Some telescopes are only used on satellites, air balloons and are spread out in long distances from one another. Some don't even focus on objects either, but instead use shading mask techniques. Shadows are constructed into an image, while the telescope monitors particles. Optics is a branch of physics involving the behavior and properties of light. Its interaction with matter as well as the instruments constructed and used to detect it. Optics describe the behavior of visual, ultraviolet, and infrared light. By using the classic electromagnet description of light, many optical phenomena can be accounted for. It is usually hard though to put into practice. Practical optics are usually simple models like geometric optics. Geometric optics are a collection of rays that travel in straight lines and reflect off of objects. Wave effects called diffraction and interference are physical optics and can be accounted for in geometric optics. In the 19th century, science finally determined that light was in fact electromagnetic radiation. The ray-based models were developed first, then the wave-based models were developed later. Some phenomena depend on the fact that light has both wave and particle properties. These require quantum mechanics to explain them. Particle properties are modeled as a collection of articles known as photons. Quantum optics deals with the application of quantum mechanics to optical systems, but optical science can be found in almost everything. It's in science, mirrors, lenses, lasers, and fiber optics, the list goes on, from glasses to flashlights, and more. This is brought to you by The Praetorian. On both YouTube and Facebook. Listen to our podcast on any of these platforms. Anchor. Breaker. Google Podcasts. Overcast. Pocket Casts. Radio Public. Spotify. Support us on Patreon. Thanks for stopping by. We thank you for your participation. If you enjoyed please like, subscribe, share, make comments. We love feedback.